You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Cheer. Hello my radio friends. I'm really glad to have your company today and I have some good news for you. Recently I spent several hours with the gentleman who wanted to tell me his story about his life. He had an interesting story to tell, but I feel he'd been concentrating too much on the negatives in life. In some ways I would describe him as a conspiratory theorist. He's thoroughly convinced that the coronavirus is a deliberately manufactured virus. He also feels that our human rights are slowly being eroded. Also that governments are seeking to control the minds of the populace. And therefore, by and large, everyone is being brainwashed through the media. But please don't get the idea that this man is a nutcase. No, Rather, he's a serious thinker and a good man. During the course of the evening, he told me that he's read his Bible several times, and by the tone of his conversation, I understand that he has quite a good knowledge of the Scriptures. I asked him if the influences he described worried him. His reply was, yes. You, like him, may be worried about your life and what may happen to you. After all, because of the COVID virus, our movements have been restricted with severe penalties if we break those restrictions. Because of COVID-19, many people, and maybe you're one of them, have suffered severe economic loss and many face an uncertain future. As I understand the COVID situation, many more people than usual have needed psychiatric help because of depression. I've also heard that because of the uncertainty of life due to the current world conditions, many people have sought answers from the Bible. For example, the numbers of people enrolling for Bible courses have dramatically increased. Indeed, there are some very powerful reasons lately to be worried. But where can we find assurance and comfort? Well, I want to say this. There is safety in the Lord. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 proclaims, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. That, my friends, is a solemn promise. And it's not saying by trusting in the Lord he might sort out your problems. He will do what is best for you. There have been occasions when someone who is not a believer cried out to God for help, and he saved them from disaster. But that is probably an exception. The promise says to trust the Lord completely. Trust is built up over time by getting to know someone. And the same goes for the Lord. Trust 
depends on the relationship. Jesus said something similar about not worrying. You can read it in Matthew 6, verses 25 and 33. And this is what he said. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat and drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. But uh, that was back then, you might be tempted to say. Things are different now, aren't they? Throughout the Bible are many accounts of how God intervened in people's lives. For example, Peter was locked up in prison, and the Lord freed him without the prison guards even knowing it. Job lost everything, his livelihood, his family, his wealth, his health. For some time Job was doing it tough, but he kept his trust in the Lord. The eventual outcome was that God blessed him so abundantly for his faithfulness that he had twice as much as before. Daniel was on death row, falsely accused of being disloyal to the king. His punishment was to be eaten and torn, a bit, torn to bits by lions. But God rescued him and kept the lions from even touching him. There are many stories of how God provided for people in Old and New Testament times, and there are plenty of stories of how God has provided for people who trust him in recent times. And here is one example. And the following is a true story written by Jessica Whitmer, and it appeared in Guide magazine on the 6th of February 2012. Here's the story. It tells of a young girl named Sarah and her family, and they trusted God to provide for their needs. Sarah was very worried. Her dad was a salesman, but he wasn't getting any sales in his job, and the family was almost out of food. Her mother was doing her best to make the food last. One day Sarah was helping Mum in their little kitchen when she noticed that there was only one box of macaroni cheese in the cupboard and that was barely enough for one more meal and there was nothing in the refrigerator. Sarah blurted out, Is this all the food we have, Mum? Her eyes were as wide as saucers. Yes, Sarah, Mum said as she cleaned up from lunch. Sarah tucked her blonde hair behind her ear. Oh no, what are we going to do? We don't have to worry, Sarah. God will provide, Mum said. But Sarah was still worried. She thought and she thought. What could she do? Then she remembered some things she had read in the old set of Uncle Arthur's bedtime stories and in the Bible. And Sarah looked at her mother and said, Let's pray and ask God to help us. But first, could we please read a few stories about people who needed food 
and then God helped them? So Mum and Sarah read stories together as they sat on the couch. They read about several families who needed food and who prayed to God, and God answered their prayers. One of the stories they read was called Bread from Heaven. This story was about a family who'd been through months of illness and unemployment, leaving them with no food. One day the oldest boy asked what was for supper. His mother said that God hadn't sent it yet. The children were horrified. Nothing to eat for supper? The youngest child suggested that they pray and ask Jesus to send food. So the family knelt down and prayed that God would at least send them some bread. At the same time the family was praying, two women from their church were walking to visit the family when a bread truck went flying past them up the hill. The door of the truck swung open and some loaves of bread fell out the back. Since the truck didn't stop, the two women picked up the bread and brought it with them on their visit. There was great joy in that little household when the women gave them the bread. And Sarah and her mum also read the story in the Bible about Elijah and how God provided food for him using ravens and then a widow. After that, Sarah and Mum knelt down, and Sarah prayed, Dear Jesus, please send some food or money. I love you. Amen. As they finished praying, they heard the rattle-tattle of the mailman's keys down the hall of their apartment building. As soon as the mailman had finished delivering the mail, Sarah and Mum hurried down the hallway to check their mailbox. I just know that God sent us something, Sarah cried. I hope so, said Mum. There in the mailbox was an envelope containing $60 in cash and a letter with no signature on it. The letter said, Dear ones, God impressed me that you could use this money so I am enclosing $60 for you to use as you need. I want to encourage you to continue trusting God as you work for him. Sarah and Mum looked at each other in amazement. Big smiles were on their faces. Mum had tears in her eyes. They went back to their apartment. As soon as they had shut and locked the door, Sarah and her mother knelt down to thank God for his wonderful goodness to them. They asked God to bless the person who had sent the money. That evening when Dad came home and heard about the prayers, the letter and the money, he was very thankful too. After setting aside money for tithe and offering, there was enough money to buy fuel for Dad's car and make a trip to town for groceries. The groceries lasted until Dad had made some sales. <laughs> 
The family's faith was encouraged whenever they thought about how God had used an unknown person to them to fill the nearly empty cupboard. I know this story is true, Jessica wrote, because Sarah is my mum. Is it any wonder that one of our favourite Bible verses is Romans 8.28 And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. We're going to have a little break here and continue straight afterwards.
gentleman I referred to at the beginning of the program today is worried about the state of affairs in the world and especially of the future, just like some of you may be at this moment. Sometimes God tests our faith and does not supply our needs until we are desperate. At such times, as with the story about Sarah and her mother, it's very obvious that God does play his part. And here I want to share some Bible promises to encourage you. The first is from Isaiah 41.10. It says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. And the next promise is from John 16, verse 33. Here Jesus says, I have told you these things that you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. The expressions do not fear, don't be afraid, or words like that, appear over 130 times in the Bible. So that being the case, it is obvious that when we commit ourselves to the Lord and trust in Him, He will work things out for us. Some of you listening to my voice today know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you have had to face hardships, poverty, sickness, loss of jobs, loss of family members, and so on. There are many people who trusted in the Lord but never got better from their sickness. Others did not recover from their financial loss. And others who prayed to God for help never had their prayers realised. The question is, had God abandoned them? Or, perhaps another question, was God unable to help them? And here I must tell you that God being God, he sometimes lets matters take their course for reasons best known to him. The important thing, however, is to trust God regardless. Why? Well, the Apostle Peter provides the answer in 1 Peter 5, 7. He says, Cast all your cares, that's your anxieties, upon him, because he cares for you. Even when we are troubled because we don't see any solutions to what worries us, does not mean that God doesn't care. He does care. If God did not care about us, why did Jesus come to this sin-ridden planet and give up his sinless life and die for sinners? It would have been much easier to have washed his hands of us or alternatively zapped a lot of us out of existence. But God cares. And he cares because he loves us. And John chapter 3 verse 16 boldly claims, For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, the Apostle Paul had worries. He described a personal problem he had as a thorn in the flesh. He wanted whatever was troubling him gone. Some have speculated that Paul had poor eyesight. Another suggestion is that Paul was a short man, and others have suggested he had a limp. But what it was, we're not told. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 9, Paul writes about this affliction. He said, To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassing great revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. You see, even if what worries us is not taken away, that provides an opportunity for God to reveal himself in another way where, have no, where we have no other choice but to depend wholly on him. Paul had delivered his problem, and even so God used him in a mighty way. Paul, although having to deal with many hardships, was responsible for the conversion of thousands of people to Christianity. If Paul was not totally dependent on God and just used his natural talents, there is a good reason to assume his ministry would not have been nearly so effective. Before he left earth to go back to heaven, Jesus told his disciples why he was leaving them. This statement is one of the most encouraging in the whole Bible and is one of my favourites. He said, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, so that you may be where I am. Let not your hearts be troubled, Jesus said, because although we may experience worries and doubts and worse than that here on earth, God has a great rescue plan. He intends to come back to take us with him to heaven and there, as is stated in Revelation chapter 21 verses 3 and 4, God will wipe every tear from our eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Then our worries, concerns and problems will fade into insignificance. What is now the source of anxiety will seem so petty 
we won't even think about it. At the end of the book of Matthew, the last sentence is a promise of Jesus. Jesus was about to leave to go back to heaven and he said, And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. How could that be? He was leaving, yet saying he would continue to be with his disciples, his people. His interest would remain the same, to save lost sinners. But instead of he he himself being present, he would send the Holy Spirit to act on his behalf. So Jesus is always with us through the Spirit, and that is good news. Yes, I agree that we live in a very uncertain world at uncertain times. There is much uncertainty and fear about the future. But when we put our trust in God, we have an anchor and a hope. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 19 explains, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. And what is this hope? The hope, the blessed hope, is that by taking hold and applying the promises of God, and in particular the promise of Jesus' second coming, we will be given eternal life and will not have to suffer any more. John chapter 14 verse 27 is another promise of Jesus. He says, Peace I live with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Are you worried what may happen to you in the future? Well, I would like to say to you, commit yourself to the Lord and in that you will have peace. Accept his promises and apply them. Then, despite what happens around you, you need not worry. Be of good cheer, Jesus said, for I have overcome the world.